0: This edition of Forge and Anvil in the Van is brought to you by our supporters at Substack. If you wish to join them, go to forgeandanvil.substack.com. We appreciate your support. Alrighty guys, good morning. Hope your day is going great so far. Uh, We are going to talk about abortion today. Uh, It's obviously a hard topic, but it's one that we absolutely cannot ignore. So, just uh, last night, I saw a video that's beginning to go viral from Abolitionist Rising, uh, where one of their uh, one of their main podcast hosts was actually confronting a uh, representative, I believe in Oklahoma, uh, asking him whether or not he would sponsor Dusty Deaver's uh, abolitionist bill. Uh, And he was speaking with him, uh, Marcus McIntyre, I believe is the representative's name, and it went viral because essentially the uh, abolitionist guy was cornering him. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, Representative McIntyre was not willing to support the bill uh, because at the end of the day, he kept saying he does what his constituents want him to do. And he also said at one point, something to the degree of, I follow my heart and my conscience. And unfortunately, that just goes to show the danger of, uh, of following your heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. And there's a reason for that. Uh, he's not willing to support a bill that truly criminalizes abortion because he wants to have uh, all these uh, exceptions thrown in there, which ultimately the abolitionist argument is that it ultimately makes uh, abortion clinics not shut down the abortion clinics uh, stay open because essentially it legalizes at least some forms of abortion. So be praying for uh, a change of heart to occur there. And if you have yet to understood the abolitionist arguments, I highly recommend a great jumping off point would be Joel Berry of the Babylon Bee actually went and did a a sort of discussion debate with Abolitionist Rising. That's the name of the podcast. And it does a great job of laying out the case for both the pro-life and the abolitionist arguments and the difference between the two. I highly recommend checking that out. I'll try to link it in the show notes if I can remember to do so. But I want to go ahead and talk about some Tennessee news around abortion. So this is actually a story that the Daily Wire reported. This is a national story, but it has a lot to do with Tennessee because uh, unfortunately it involves mostly people in Tennessee. So this is an older story, but it's got some updates for you here. Following the Biden Department of Justice successful persecution of another six pro-life protesters, online eruption ensued. These Protesters now face more than a decade behind bars and hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Following a protest back in 2021, the activists, who were not accused of any violence, were found guilty in a Tennessee courtroom of conspiracy against rights secured by the FACE Act and committing FACE Act violations. The FACE Act is a Clinton-era law that criminalizes the use of force or threats of force that prevents someone from accessing an abortion clinic. A grand total of zero people have ever been arrested for protesting outside the houses of Supreme Court justices after Roe was overturned, which is a federal crime, but peaceful pro-lifers now face 11 years in jail for praying outside an abortion clinic, conservative strategist Greg Price posted Tuesday, emphasizing the apparent political bias application of federal laws. Daily Wire podcast host and author Matt Walsh blasted the DOJ for its full-on Soviet-style corruption and persecution. This is incredible, he wrote on X. The U.S. attorney prosecuting the pro-life activists who were just convicted and faced 11 years in prison for peacefully protesting outside of a a, a clinic actually argued in court that there is no such thing as a non-violent crime. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is currently in the process of releasing hundreds of criminals from prison on the basis that their crimes were non-violent, Walsh added. They are making legal arguments totally arbitrary depending on the politics of the situation. Full-on Soviet-style corruption and persecution. The Biden regime is evil and corrupt to the core, popular ex-account libs of TikTok reacted they're jailing pro-lifers for praying and singing meanwhile most blm and antifa protesters had their charges dropped democrats stage multiple insurrections taking over capitals and democrat run cities are riddled with crime as their soft on crime da's let violent criminals go free the post continued the democrats accuse us of fascism this is real fascism they always accuse us of what they themselves are doing and just my own personal note there of course when Libs at tiktok is talking about uh, Democrats staging multiple insurrections she's holding them to their own standard of what they consider an insurrection based on January 6th because there have been multiple instances in the last uh, year possibly two years now I can't remember when the first one occurred but the uh, of these uh abortion protesters completely taking over capitals Um, and of course it's not just abortion protests it's also gun control um, legislation that happened in the Tennessee capitol as well a group of protesters actually completely took over the Tennessee capitol just about a year ago when the special session was occurring so uh, this does happen uh, all the time on uh, the Democratic side, that of course does not get treated like January sixth, the worst day in all history, worse since, worse than nine eleven. Anyways, let's continue on. Senator Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, suggested the FACE Act is being used by the DOJ to punish pro life protesters but not their pro-abortion counterparts is the face act sufficiently well written fairly administered and clearly appropriate as an exercise of federal lawmaking authority i believe the answer to that question is no on all three points lee wrote on x adding bottom line the biden administration incarcerates people for praying at abortion clinics while ignoring violent acts at churches and pregnancy centers so many camels so much obsessive attention paid to harmless things mistaken for gnats The Biden DOJ has ramped up its persecution Uh, It's prosecution of pro-life protesters since the start of the president's term. One of the first cases that drew attention to the matter was the targeting of Catholic pro-life father of seven, Mark Houck, who was arrested and had his home raided by an estimated 20 FBI agents in front of his children. Houck was ultimately acquitted by a jury after about an hour of deliberation, and the family is now suing the DOJ for millions of dollars. In another instance, anger erupted over the summer when DOJ successfully convicted five Five pro life activists on FACE Act related charges. The activists were thrown in jail to await their sentencing and are facing 11 years behind bars and $350,000 fines. Representative Chip Roy of Texas a few months ago pressed Attorney General Merrick Garland about how the FACE Act is being applied and to whom. Notably, the law is supposed to extend to the protection of pro-life pregnancy centers. Are you concerned at all that the enforcement of the FACE Act has been biased towards pro-lifers over anti-life protesters? 126 to 4 by our count, Roy Press-Garland. 126 times against pro-lifers versus 4 times? President Biden, however, seems to be leaning into pro-abortion messaging. Since just last week, Biden has tweeted from his personal account about abortion and the overturning of Roe v. Wade eight different times. Additionally, Vice President Kamala Harris is currently on an abortion tour called the Fight for Our Reproductive Freedoms Tour. So that's a huge story in itself because obviously it's national news, but beyond it being national news, this has to do with Tennessee residents. Those are the people that we talked about in the beginning that are facing 11 years in prison for peacefully protesting at an abortion clinic. There's videos of it that you can you look up and watch, um, and it's just them sitting there and singing hymns. So if you're singing hymns in an abortion clinic now in America, you can be thrown in jail for 11 years, but you can firebomb a pregnancy center and nothing's going to happen to you. Maybe you'll get a fine if they even bother to find out who did it. So this is ridiculous. This is exactly why Christians need to be involved in the public square, because right now we are, we are looking at uh, multiple Christians who just through conviction decided to go and sing psalms at an abortion clinic and they're now facing 11 years in jail. And this is also why we need to be focused at the state level, because to be honest, I believe our attorney general of Tennessee should have the ability to tell the DOJ to basically go pound sand. Um, There really should be a check and balance here there should be a uh, a real effort by the state of Tennessee to defend these people but i'm not seeing it so we should honestly be calling our representatives calling our governor calling the attorney general's office and doing what we can to pressure these people into taking a stand so be sure to keep that on your mind and do just that i want to talk about one more bit of legislation in Tennessee that's currently going on so this is the good news to give you sort of a white pill after that black pill Tennessee bill that would make abortion trafficking of minors a felony passes subcommittee. This is from the Tennessee Conservative News. A Tennessee bill that would make abortion trafficking of minors a felony offense passed by a voice vote yesterday afternoon in House Population Health Committee led by chair Michelle Geringer, Republican of Knoxville District 16, sponsored by Representative Jason Zachary, Republican Knoxville District 14, House Bill 1895 will go next to the full House Health Committee. Zachary, who registered that this bill is a parental oh, he, who reiterated, excuse me, that this bill is a parental rights bill, said that his intent was to protect every life and every unborn child but acknowledge that parents or legal guardians would be exempt from the law. Despite questioning from Representative John Ray Clemens of a Democrat of Nashville, District 55, it remains unclear if minor females under the custody of the state would be able to get an out-of-state abortion. Zachary shared the story of a constituent and father whose pregnant 14-year-old daughter was coerced by an adult into taking a trip across the state without the permission of her parents, and ultimately across state lines around 18 months ago to get an abortion against their wishes. Distraught, the father had asked Zachary what could be done to stop it after receiving a call from his daughter that the adult she was traveling with intended to take her out of Tennessee to end the life of her unborn child. I made call after call after call, said Zachary, and there was nothing I could do to stop it. The proposed law would charge adults with Class C felony who assist minor females in obtaining an out-of-state abortion without parental consent. For the voice vote in the House Popul Population Health Subcommittee, Nashville Democrats John Ray Clemens and Caleb Hemmer requested to have their votes counted as no. The corresponding Senate bill, 1971, sponsored by Senator Paul Rose, Republican of Covington, District 32, has been referred to the Senate Judiciary Committee, but has yet to be scheduled. If made law, those who assist in taking pregnant girls out of the state to get an abortion could also face civil charges from the teenage mother, her parents, or the unborn, child's biological father unless the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest. So obviously, that's some good news. The bill's not perfect. It does uh, carve out those exceptions. Um, for rape and incest, then of course it carves out the exception for uh, parental rights. So basically if a parent says, oh, I'm okay with John Smith taking my 16 year old daughter to go get an abortion, then John Smith is not going to face any any uh, misdemeanors or felony for that. Uh, so that's unfortunate that there are those exceptions because to be honest, they're unnecessary exceptions. The reality is we we do need to start thinking about the government's role. One of the few things that government does need to have from a biblical standpoint is the ability to punish the wicked and to protect life that's one of the few things that the government needs to have a heavy hand in is protecting the sanctity of life and that includes the unborn so These exceptions are, you know, the situations of rape and incest are horrible, but as uh, many of you already know, rape and incest make up uh, maybe about 1% of all abortions. I want to say it's like 1.4% if you were looking at actual statistics. 1.4% of all abortions um, are related to rape or incest charges. Uh, The rest are all just Mothers not wanting to have a a child for economic or personal reasons. So, uh, those exceptions are unnecessary. But um, you know, even if we want to grant those exceptions, that's never the argument of the pro-abortion side. They always use the 1.4 percent as their excuse. But then the moment you say, okay, fine, will you ban abortion with the exception of these abortions, of these exceptions? And of course, they never they never want to give any ground there. So it's completely disingenuous. So do not throw, do not cast your pearls before swine and make sure that you are uh, praying that uh, that good legislation continues to pass that can help to outlaw abortion everywhere. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Feel free to go to forgeandanvil.substack.com to support what we're doing here.